This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in to the Utopia Football Podcast. It is the Week 12 preview episode, Texans-Dolphins in Miami on Sunday. We'll do a little for real or fugazi as we go around the league as well a little later on in the episode, but we got big headlines off the top with the Texans as we welcome you in here on a uh, what is going to be a Thanksgiving Day edition for a lot of you here. We're recording on Wednesday, just moments after Lovey Smith's Wednesday press conference which we will get to in just a second. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast in the mornings on Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com as well, John McClain. John, I'll just turn it right over to you. What are your thoughts on Lovey Smith not naming a starter for the game on Sunday against the Dolphins? Kyle Allen will start against the Dolphins. Davis Mills has been benched. Don't know if it'll be for the season. Probably depends on how Kyle Allen plays with Pep Hamilton. I think that uh, Kyle Allen's he might be able to make some uh, some throws that Mills underthrew or overthrew. But as far as play calling and making the offense work. I'd be shocked because I think Pep Hamilton's done a terrible job. Now, if the offense looks good against the Dolphins, the Miami's defense isn't great, nothing like its offense. But if they do, then it'll show it was Mills and not Hamilton. So I think Texans fans, everybody wanted to see this. Mills needed to go to the bench and needs to get over there and figure out what happened where he is not – Picked up where he left off last year. No resemblance to the quarterback we saw at the end of last season, whether it's his fault, Pep Hamilton's fault, or uh, a combination. The fact is the passing game is pathetic. And uh, I don't know why Lovey Smith didn't just go ahead and make the announcement. Could be Nick Casario told him not to do it because you know how how secretive uh, the Patriots were 
although they didn't have to make quarterback changes while he was there. And uh, so I think I think uh, it'll just give people more reason to pay attention to this game, but that attention span may not last long because they could get just uh, shelled by a passing game and an offense the likes of which they have not played. All right, well, let, let's let's hold off on talking about the Dolphins yet, John, because we'll get that into that in our pregame six-pack. We'll lay out the game specifically, but I want to stick with Davis Mills here and and Lovey Smith and the way he handled this today. I, I just, especially, John, it came 30 minutes after Robert Sala announced that, that Zach Wilson is going to be benched and that Mike White's going to be the starter. So you're telling me that uh, Lovey is, is basically saying that Robert Sala is handling his business in a very irresponsible way by giving – their opponent this weekend, some sort of advantage. Uh, I just think it's silly. I, I think it's dumb. And whether it's Nick or Lovey doing it, I, I think it's stupid. Um, is this it for Davis Mills, John? Like, is this because you mentioned, well, if Kyle Allen, you know, if he doesn't play well, then Mills is back in. We're we're done with the Davis Mills as the quarterback for this team moving forward after this season, right? Absolutely. They've been done with it because he's been so bad. They've gone from Tyrod Taylor last season to Davis Mills, back to Taylor when he was healthy, back to Mills when Taylor didn't play well, and then they've gone from Mills to Kyle Allen. They may go back to Mills, and then they'll have a new starter next season, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, both of whom are the top quarterbacks available in the next draft. Yeah, 76.4% chance, according to ESPN, John, that the Texans are picking first in the draft. On all the simulations that they, they – ESPN ran – 10,000 simulations of the rest of the season. And in 76.4% of them, the Texans wound up with the first pick in the draft. They need to get better simulations. I'd say it's 99.9% that the Texans are going to pick first in the draft. And that's done one simulation. <laughs> it is a 99.9% chance they're picking in the top 10. 98.2% chance they're picking in the top five. So there's that. Um, by the way, the Cleveland pick, uh, comes in at 10th more most often uh, in the simulations that they ran. So the Texans are looking at a, a likelihood that they've got two top 10 picks. Um, I, one other thing on this Mills, Pep, Lovey, Kyle Allen, Love, Rhombus, or whatever shape we want to assign to it. Um, you mentioned Lovey is not going to demote Pep Hamilton or take play calling duties away. And John, I would go so far as to say, having watched the press conference, that not only is Lovey not ready to take play calling away from Pep, play calling duties away from Pep Hamilton, he was indignant about it. He was he he was uh, aghast that it would even be asked. Absolutely not, he said that he would be taking play calling duties away from Pep Hamilton. I think a big reason why David Culley wound up getting fired last year was because he was going down with the ship with Tim Kelly as his offensive coordinator. At least it seemed. If, is is Lovey attaching himself to Pep here to the point where he could be setting himself up for a similar fate? Oh, I'd be surprised if Pep calls the plays for the rest of the year. You know, he's saying what he's saying this week to try to give the players confidence that things are going to be different with Davis Mills. The players know Mills. I mean, that the players know that Kyle Allen is the starter because they've seen him working with the first team in practice. And, um, you know, he should do that. Now, if he's going to make a change, it's different. But I, as I wrote on Sports Radio 610 that's posted on the website, he should give Pep another game or two. And if it doesn't work, remove him as a play caller and then give Ben McDaniels 
who coaches the receivers and is a passing game coordinator. Give him a chance to call plays because he couldn't be any worse. What a mess. What a mess. John, do you feel any differently? You've been a I know you're not a staunch lovey supporter in so much as you think he should keep the job, but you have been pretty steadfast that he will keep this job. Do you feel any differently with things that have transpired over the last three or four days? Like if it was a hundred percent chance before he was coming back in 2023, has that, has, has that percentage dwindled for you over the last week? So I've been saying on sports radio, 610 and writing on my two websites, if he continues to, if they continue to play the way they did against Washington and embarrass the organization, he'll be fired and there'll be a house cleaning. Yeah. I, I mean, John, this schedule <laughs> I mean, over the next, over the next uh, four or five weeks, uh, you know, the, the, the easiest game of the bunch is the return of Deshaun Watson to, to NRG stadium uh, a week from Sunday. It's uh, Miami, Cleveland, Dallas, Kansas city, and then Tennessee. I mean, I would submit that three of the next four opponents are three of the best, what six teams in football right now, seven teams in football, Miami, Dallas, and Miami, Dallas, and, uh, and Kansas city. Don't they still play Jacksonville? No, I'm talking about the next four games. Just oh, the next go. four. No, yeah. I don't expect them to win. Have a chance to win any game. No, I'm just talking about how the different. I'm talking. I'm t- here's what I'm talking about, John. I'm talking about the, the possibility of them getting embarrassed the way they got. You just said if they get embarrassed and play the way they did against Washington, and it continues this way, Lovey will get fired. My point is, this is happening against teams like Washington and the Giants and the Raiders. Dallas and Miami and especially Kansas City is a step up in weight class from every team that they've been playing lately. I think if they're competitive like they were against Philadelphia and the Giants, they were embarrassed by Washington. Yeah. The other time they were embarrassed was by Tennessee, and both yep. times it was the offense, and they couldn't handle the interior defensive linemen that dominated the Texans' interior offensive line, if they go out and have more get more games, and it's on offense. You know, defense gave up one touchdown against Washington. The offense was just terrible in the first half, and that's how you get embarrassed. If that keeps happening, I could see them cleaning the house. But if they're competitive, the offense improves, and improving could be you have 150 yards in the first half, that or you don't totally collapse in the fourth quarter. You don't have to win games. You just don't have to go out there and look so utterly pathetic like they did against uh, Washington, even though they were trailing seven to three at the half. What, yep. what was it? What was, was it seven, three at the half? I don't know what the score of the Washington. No, they didn't score against Washington. Are you talking about Washington? Yeah, in this last game, what was the halftime? 20, oh, 20 to nothing. 20 to nothing. Yeah, 20 yeah. to nothing at the it half. Was yeah. the, it was a Giants game. Sorry. Yep. yep. 20 to nothing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, um, let's get to our pregame six-pack, John. And I'm sure Lovey and Davis and Pep and Kyle will show their head again at some point here in this pregame six-pack. But we uh, we preview each game by laying out some storylines, people, wrinkles to this game that we think will be worth watching. Um, 
it's uh, it's forecasted to be a blowout. The Dolphins are 11 and a half point favorites, and that doesn't sound like enough to me. Um, but we'll get to our predictions at the very end of this. But, John, let's get let's get it started. You, as always, have the honors, Your Honor. Uh, the pregame six-pack, first one, what are you looking for this Sunday? Well, it has to be Kyle Allen and his first start in his first performance there replacing Davis Mills. He's got to be able to hit some short and intermediate throws, not overthrow or underthrow. But the fact is, he does that a lot. Otherwise, he wouldn't bounce around as a backup quarterback. So all I'm expecting from him is maybe a little more accuracy. Now, if he gets blitzed up the middle, uh, the Dolphins don't have that great defense. They don't have a great defensive front like they've been going against the last four games. So maybe he'll have some time. And there were times when Davis Mills had time. And sometimes he completed passes, but other times he overthrew them. And I, I would imagine because there's a change of quarterback, you're going to see everybody rally around Kyle Allen, not necessarily because he's popular, just because, you know, they're interested too. You know, they know the shortcomings that Mills showed. So I'm going to start – with Kyle Allen just trying to be more accurate and try to do something early and late because this team has been slow starting and slow finishing. I will build off of that with my first one, John, kind of in, in the symbiotic with your Kyle Allen there. Mine's Brandon Cooks. Um, Brandon Cooks, you know, he's going to be here the rest of this year. We'll see what happens in the offseason with Brandon Cooks. They, The Texans, if either way, they need Brandon Cooks, I think, to have a, a much better final seven games than he's had a first 10 games, I guess nine games for him because he got benched for the Eagles game. Um, but uh, a good final seven games. And maybe Kyle Allen unlocks some of the things that Brandon Cooks has been able to do for this team the last couple of years. He did have a couple nice plays in that Washington game, had a real nice catch and run that looked like vintage Brandon Cooks for about 40 yards. Um, Brandon Cooks playing well down the stretch is good. He, he, if you're going to trade Brandon Cooks, it's good. If you're going to keep Brandon Cooks to keep him around with a new young quarterback next year, quarterback next year, then that's good. But maybe with a new quarterback, we finally see the Brandon Cooks that the Texans thought they were getting when they gave him a two-year, thirty-six million dollar extension this offseason. Nobody could have, nobody anticipated Mills taking such a step back, huge, multiple steps back. And uh, that's why they gave Cooks that contract. And so um, my second one, Sean, is the run defense. Mm -hmm. run de the Texans gave up 115 yards till Washington's last series when they ran a ball to run out the clock. And Jeff Wilson, who came from 49ers in a trade, he's the Dolphins' leading rusher. So I expect the run defense will be better, and that's good. They need it, but then they got to face – to a ton of Alo and his great receivers. Yeah, John, these receivers. I mean, my God. And if it sounds like there's going to be no Derek Stingley Jr. again this weekend. He didn't practice today with a hamstring injury. And Lovey's quote was, well, hamstrings are tricky. I don't know that I want Derek Stingley getting back on the field. <laughs> if his first game back from a hamstring tweak is going to be against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Um uh, that said, I don't know what game I want to bring him back for, period, with these opponents coming up. Is it Amari Cooper in Cleveland? Is it uh, CeeDee Lamb in Dallas? Is it all everybody that Kansas City floods the field with? Is it – I mean, it's just that the Texans are worse than everybody they play. But, yeah, that's that speed is going to be a big-time issue. My next one, John, is the Texans' offensive line. Um, this is a good Miami uh, defensive front. Melvin Ingram's had a good year for them. Bradley Chubb was a really nice pickup. Um, Christian Wilkins, the defensive lineman they drafted out of uh, 
Clemson, that same year that Dexter Lawrence and Cleveland Farrell came out back in, I think it was 2019. Um, it's a good Miami uh, defensive front. They defend the run pretty well. Um, I think the pressure will be on the tackles for the Texans again to kind of keep to keep Davis Mills clean or Davis Mills, Kyle Allen clean off the edge to give him a little bit of time to throw. And um, Christian Wilkins, he's not Dexter Lawrence and he's not uh, Jonathan Allen and all these other guys, but he's he's a pretty solid interior defender. So Kenyon Green, you know, I'm, I'm lumping the offensive line together, but this needs to be a game where um, Kenyon Green cannot have another game like he did last week against Jonathan. Now, Kenyon Green's had as bad a year as Davis Mills has had, <laughs> you know, you know. So, uh, but I'm okay with leaving him in there and letting him take his lumps. Um, but the Texans' offensive line is uh, is my second one. Well, the offensive tackles, Larry Tunsil and Titus Howard, have played well. The ends haven't been giving them as much. Trouble until they ran into Montez Sweat, and he he had two sacks. The the Washington had five sacks, all by former first round picks, and Chase Young didn't even play. So they may not they're not going to play an across the board defensive line. It's outstanding, like Washington's is, and that's one reason that the Commanders have won four or five, and they've got a six and five record. But uh, I I do expect them to probably run some stunts against Kenya Green, trying to confuse him, keep him off balance. In the game, I can't remember, is it four penalties he's had to climb the last two weeks? At least three. He had yeah. two. Yeah. Who did they play two weeks ago? The Giants. It was two against the Giants and then one against the Giants that brought the touchdown back. And then he had at least one decline last week. So at least three, John. And they he's reaching and grabbing. So they're going to do things to try to take advantage of him. And Laramie Tunsil's got his hands full. So Quisenberry, the center, hmm. and they need a center in the offseason. Quisenberry's going to have to spend all his time helping out. Daniel Green, which means A.J. Can on the right side, is going to be stuck doing uh, one-on-ones, and he's nothing special. No, he is not. All right, Um What's your last one, John, for the pregame six-pack? The secondary. The defensive backs have been very fortunate. They've been going up against offenses that run the ball so much, and they haven't been giving up big plays, and they haven't given up long touchdown passes. But they haven't been tested like this with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, and they do need Derek Stingley back. The safeties, Jonathan Owens and Jalen Petrie are going to be especially important in pass coverage. They can't spend all their time stopping the run, which they have to do by design, but this team, not these players, because so many of them are new, have gone against Tyreek Hill so much, they know what he's capable of doing. I'm amazed that he only has four touchdowns. Jalen Waddle has six, but secondary is going to get tested. It's going to get roasted. The only way it might not happen is if with Damian Pierce, they ran the ball, control the clock, but they, I would have guessed Miami's coming out defensively designed to stop uh, Damian Pierce and then see what Kyle Allen can do. Yeah, John, uh, Tyreek Hill may only have four touchdowns, but he's got a boatload of yards. <laughs> He, he's got 1,148 yards on the season. Um, and I think he missed the game in there. They're seven and three. So I, he's got, he's got 1,148 yards in nine games. I'm just going to do some quick math here. Uh, let's see. He's 11. on a pace to break the all time record for yardage. Is he really? Wow. Okay. Let's see. Divide by nine times. 
Uh, 16 equals. Yeah, 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 he is. He's he's on pace for 2,000 yards. Wow. Yeah, he's that's been a great trade for them, <laughs> needless yeah. to say. One of the good things about having an extra game, too, and two has been so accurate. They're 5-0 and in games in which he started and finished. And I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. If they could fool around and get home field advantage and not have to go to Kansas City or maybe Buffalo and get to play in Miami, they'd have a chance. But right now their offense is as much fun to watch as the Chiefs and the Bills because they have so many weapons. They like to throw the ball down the field to a tongue of our lowest 9.14 yards per attempt leads the NFL. John, you know what's crazy about this with the Dolphins? And I'll get to my last uh, six-pack item here in just a second. But you're right. They're seven and three. I'm looking at their schedule. They're going to be eight and three after this weekend. At San Francisco, they got three straight road games after this one, John. I can see I can see Miami not wanting to show a ton against the Texans and probably still win by four touchdowns. They're at San Fran, at the Chargers, at Buffalo the next three weeks after this. How about that? Boy, that's some change in weather, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, the Buffalo one for sure. The San Fran and L.A., they'll probably be fine. Then they have Green Bay at home. And then they're at New England and home for the Jets. That is not – I mean, Green Bay is their easiest game the rest of the way. Um, that's that's not an easy schedule the rest of the way. So if they get the number one seed against that schedule, they'll have earned it. But here's what's crazy, John. This is a team that within the last year or two tampered to try to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady. They tried to trade for Deshaun Watson at the trade deadline last year. It was all set to go. They're on plan C. And they're seven and three and one of the best teams in the NFL right now. And some of the best plans are the ones that you don't make. No doubt. No doubt. All right. My last one, John, this is just real quick. Special teams. Dolphins have awful special teams. Their special teams are really, really bad. The Texan special teams are pretty good. Seventh in DVOA. The Dolphins are 31st. If the Texans are going to pull off an upset as a double digit underdog, needless <laughs> to say, special teams will need to be rallying the troops. <laughs> If it comes down to special teams, the Texans will win the game. Absolutely, John. You heard it here first. Yeah. What's your – well, I'm about to make my prediction. Trust me, my prediction will not be one that involves special teams making a play here or a play there to make a difference. But what is your prediction, sir? Dolphins 34, Texans 16. Okay. I got 45-13. I think this is just – I think this is the first game where – of the year where the scoreboard – really shows the type of blowout. Like I think Tennessee and Washington, those two games, if you were at either of those games, you knew clearly, clearly who the better team was. This will be one where the rest of the league won't look at it and go, oh, 17-10, look at the Texans hanging around. Ooh, 23-10, look, the Texans, the the the, plunk, the, the spunky little Texans. This is going to be a bloodbath on Sunday. I think the Dolphins are going to, I think they're going to run them out of the building. That's my prediction. I, I agree because they throw the ball a lot. If you yep. throw the ball a lot, you're going to score a lot of points against the Texans as opposed to the teams that just pound it. Yep, absolutely. All right, John, you want to do a little for real or fugazi on a few of Let's these? Let's do it. Okay, so we do this. I read it. For those who are new to the podcast, first of all, we appreciate you downloading and sharing it with friends and giving us a five-star review, all that good stuff. Um, but for real or fugazi is one that John and I do each Thursday episode uh, just take a look at a few of the storylines going on around the league. I read a sentence, and John tells me if he agrees or he thinks it's true, that is for real, or if he thinks it is false, it is ludicrous, and that is when he says fugazi, which is Italian for fake or counterfeit. All right, here we go, John. 
I'll do a Texans one first. Um, Nick Casario on my show this morning seemed to indicate that they had come to some sort of peaceful coexistence with Brandon Cooks. For real or Fugazi, Brandon Cooks will be back with the Texans in 2023. Fugazi, he'll be gone. You can't quit on your team like that and have your captaincy taken away and be back. Now, if it's true that Nick was trying to get a two for him, Nick Casario wasn't serious about trading him. And, of course, Cooks got mad because he wasn't traded to the Cowboys, didn't come to practice, they benched him. Yeah, I know, as Nick told you and Seth, he started talking about the heat the heat, and things people get caught up in the moment. In other words, he did it. We forgive him because he's a good team player ordinarily, and he's not going to cause any problems behind the scenes. But I'll be shocked if they don't trade him before the uh, draft next season. All next right, year. next one, John, for real or Fugazi. The Jets just announced today, Robert Sala did, that they will be benching Zach Wilson. Um, John, Zach Wilson, kind of a punk. For real or Fugazi? Um, boy, I guess for real. I've never really thought about Mike White. I know he had that great debut, the only quarterback in history, first start, more than 400 yards and three touchdowns. And he surpassed Joe Flacco, who actually won a game early in the season through three touchdown passes. But he's the man in New York. He is. He is. And Wilson, you think Wilson is kind of a – he seems like kind of a spoiled kid. You know what I mean? He does seem like a spoiled kid. He certainly hadn't handled things. Uh, he didn't handle things after that game the right way. He's probably very defensive, kind of like Lovey Smith has become. And people are probably glad to see Mike White. It won't surprise me at all if Mike White doesn't play better because yep. he had his moments when the team was terrible. Now that they got a defense, you know, he could help them win a couple of games. Absolutely. John, they went five and two with Zach Wilson being one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. They, if they get average quarterback play, they're they're kind of a dangerous out, I think. They just got to win some of these games. All right, John, next one for real or Fugazi. Cliff Kingsbury is the next NFL head coach to be fired. For real or Fugazi? I'll say for real. I think Cliff's going to get fired. I don't know if he'll be the next one. There are several coaches who are on the hot seat, we, and uh, but I think he's gone. If you go back to last season when they started fast and finished – Terribly, their record is awful. And uh, they make a lot of mistakes with players who aren't focused on the task at hand, and that always reflects on poor coaching. Why did they extend him? They extended him before. Him and Kime both, they extended before the season. Why? I'm not sure because Kime's been there a long time, and I think when they signed Tyler Murray to his long-term extension, everybody – was happy about it. Things were rosy, and uh, now things are terrible. Yeah. And uh, so the thing is, it doesn't matter. It's only money. These guys are worth multiple yeah. billions. We can't think of terms of money the way we would put it because, you know, that's chump change for an NFL owner to pay off five years on a contract. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, John, for real or Fugazi, San Francisco is the best team in the NFC right now. I think that one's true. They've won three in a row. Jimmy Garoppolo played great in Mexico City, and he's unrestricted free agent after the season, and, and a lot of teams are going to need quarterbacks. And if you are a team that thinks you need a veteran over one of these draft choices, uh, Jimmy G, if he keeps playing like that, 
would be somebody that would be a hot commodity, but he is still Jimmy Garoppolo and one or two games doesn't cut it. He needs to do well in the playoffs. Absolutely. John, along those lines, just building off of that, for real or Fugazi, D'Amico Ryans is the number one head coaching candidate this offseason. Uh, I would think that one's for real, too. Their defense is playing great. Everybody knows D'Amico is going to be a head coach. He turned down an opportunity to interview a second time with one of the teams last year because he said he needed more seasoning. I Minnesota, him, yeah. I saw him outside the 49ers locker room before the preseason game, shook hands, said, let me be the first uh, to welcome you on your first head coaching job. And he just laughed. But the way they're playing, and he has done a great job in place of Robert Sala. And it's only been two years where he was in charge, but he is going to be a hot commodity. John, if if they do fire Lovey Smith, you've opened the door that this is a possibility if the Texans keep playing this way. And I think there's a strong chance they keep playing this way. Uh, D'Amico's got to be the number one on every fan's list here in Houston if they fire Lovey Smith, right? Yeah, and fans shouldn't you shouldn't give a rat's ass what fans think. You got to think about no, me. I understand, but this we have fans that listen to this podcast. Yeah, you know fans I mean? would well, everybody would love to have D'Amico because he's pro, he's because he was such a popular and he was a great player and the media loved him, one of my all time favorites. But he's been a coordinator for two years. Nick Casario doesn't know him. He's the one that do the hiring and the McNairs would of course sign off on it. But I don't think they're going to hire anybody. That, that that I don't think having ties here would mean squat. Usually you don't hire a defensive or offensive coordinator with another one. You go to the other side of the ball. So if they fire Levy, I'm guessing it's going to be an offensive-oriented head coach. Yeah, I, I mean, John, this team's just – usually that thought process is because you're a bad team, you're woefully deficient, you're more so deficient on one side versus the other. This team, I, like, do we really parse that out? Like, oh, you know what? This this really horrible team would probably do need an offensive coach. Now, I will say this. If they draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick, then I'm willing to have that conversation that maybe it should be an offensive head coach. So you've got some continuity uh, for that young quarterback. So that part I will, I will listen to for sure. Um, all right, John, um, Geno Smith is the favorite for comeback player of the year for real or Fugazi. You should not be allowed to win comeback player of the year. If all you're coming back from is your own ineptitude all these years. Uh, um, I'm going to say Fugazi, and the reason is I voted on that committee for years and years, and we asked for criteria on the comeback player of the year. Would it be from injuries? Would it be from poor play, no play? And they say they leave it up to every person. And so a lot of times it's from guys who didn't do squat, considering he hadn't done squat in years, and this is the best season of his career. If I were still a voter, I would vote for him as it stands right now. But if he went, you know, doesn't turn it around and keep playing the way he does, you know, I would certainly vote for somebody else. But knowing there is no specific criteria for comeback player of the year, I would vote for Geno Smith. One more thing about D'Amico Ryans. Mm -hmm. if, if he hadn't played here and you look around the league and you see a guy has been a coordinator for two years and has done a good job, should he be a, a serious candidate to be the head coach here? I don't think so. I think people get caught up in the fact it's D'Amico and he may go to the Hall of Fame as head coach. And the thing about having an offensive head coach, there's some defensive coaches that have done great 
with quarterbacks because they hire good coordinators and yeah. good play callers and good quarterback coaches and have a good system. So I don't think you should hire an offensive coach because you drafted the quarterback number one. I just think you need to get the guy that Nick Casario thinks is the best. I don't think they thought David Culley was going to be there for the long haul. I think Jack Easterby had Josh McCown targeted all along, needed a way that they could get a coach who they could justify getting rid of. And then Lovey was kind of a last minute addition. And so uh and I would I'm curious I'll be curious to see how Casario handles it if he has full authority and there are no strings attached like the first two. Okay. Yeah. I mean because neither of these guys have felt like Nick hires to me, John. Cully or Lovey Smith. I don't know about you. I feel the same way. Yep. All right. Last two, John. The best leftover from Thanksgiving, turkey sandwiches the next day. For real Absolutely. or Fugazi? Oh, for real. I I I love I love turkey sandwiches. We eat them for like two, three, three or four days till it's gone. Now, uh, I love uh, dressing and gravy for a couple of three days afterward. But to yeah. me, Thanksgiving leftovers are just as good as Thanksgiving dinner. Absolutely. No question about that. All right. Last one, John Yellowstone. Beth Dutton was right to break that beer bottle over that chick's head that was hitting on her husband for real or Fugazi. Absolutely right. Especially so what if she gets charged, she's got, can get the best lawyer in Montana or in the country, whatever she wants to do. But when uh, he told her, Rip told that woman, uh, you don't want to do that. Oh. She went over and mouthed off to her. And I thought she got exactly what she deserved. It wasn't just a beer bottle. I think she got in a couple of punches. She did. Oh, yeah. She got in a punch when they were all standing in the perp line outside oh, the bar. Oh, that's Remember? right. She got her again. Him. Right to kiss her. Walked over and way later. That was great. Oh, uh, all right. Well, John, that was fun as always. Um, and um, you know, hopefully the game on Sunday will be as much fun to watch. This is a uh people are gonna be listening to this on Thanksgiving Day. This is a good slate of Thanksgiving Day games today. It's the best I've seen from top to bottom. And when the schedule came out, you're like, oh, I'll take mm -hmm. a nap. And now they're all can't miss because both teams are in the races. And even yeah. Detroit. If Detroit wins this game for four in a row, we're going to have to think about, okay, what if they keep winning? Could they at least compete for a wild card? Does Dan Campbell get coach of the year votes? But they could make it very, very interesting. And I'm so happy for those fans who show up sellouts every year for Thanksgiving games, even though the Lions are usually terrible. I think it's great for the fans that they have a competitive Lions team that is capable of winning the game. You know, as of right now, they've got like, if the season were to end today, now I, I expect the Lions are going to, are going to win a few more games if they keep playing the way they are, as you just alluded to John. But I think the, the ESPN thing I was telling you about before ran all those simulations on the, the rest of the season and if the season were to were to go the way they think it will, well, even right now, right now the Lions would have the sixth and the 13th picks in the draft. All right, John, so just wrapping up here on this episode as we get ready for, um, for Sunday, uh, as people are downloading this to whatever device they use to listen to podcasts, you're probably doing five hours of radio with Brandon Scott as they download this because 6 to 11 a.m. on Thanksgiving Day, you are uh, you're going to be chopping it up on Sports Radio 610. I know that. And what else you got going on on all your uh, written word platforms? 
I have uh, sportsradio610.com. I have a column up there in which I said they should bench uh, Davis Mills and give Pat Hamilton another game. And if he, the offense not even better, remove him. Lovey Smith, of course, said he's not going to do that, but he also said he wasn't going to bench Davis Mills. And I'm writing a column about this entire coaching quarterback situation for uh, gallerysports.com. And, and uh, I hope you and Amy have a great Thanksgiving. Tell your kids I said happy Thanksgiving. We always will. If I could stay awake after doing like you do and get up at like 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, John, it's uh, yeah, it's a it's that morning grind, John. You'll be fine. And John, very happy Thanksgiving to you and Carol as well. Um, hope you guys have a great day. Thanks to everybody listening and happy thanks. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and thanks to Figgy Fig. Yes, big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast to all you guys. He is awesome. Uh, thank you to all of you who download and listen to this podcast as we grind through a, season, a podcast on the worst team in football can be a grind but we love doing it for you and we hope you enjoy listening to it and we appreciate you continuing with us soon enough this will be draft coverage going on and that is a season of hope for these houston texans in the meantime we hope all of you have a great thanksgiving he's john mcclain i'm sean pendergast we are out of time we'll see you all uh monday morning for the podcast after the dolphins and the texans on sunday happy thanksgiving everybody